or was given the diary. We've certainly got some great material. My name is James, and my dad has kept a diary each day since 1987. Hello everybody, welcome back. Season's greetings to the December first edition of the Half-Life of Brian podcast. We might get a couple done this festive period, uh, but we're going to start with another one of the diaries and we're back with 1996. But it would be remiss of me to mention the diaries without mentioning the founder and author of the sacred text themselves. I'm here with none other than <laughs> Prophet guru and i guess i'm your protege yeah okay but enough about me the man himself brian carberg how are you doing dad i'm all right son thank you i, I hear you've had some snow this morning over in cambridge it's been uh, quite dry here in uh, in witherley in Atherstone. yeah we had the the, the the whitest flash of white christmases yeah uh, and that, that's that's it so that's probably a white christmas for the year yeah, um, well, it's, you... a, it's a pretty special day today dad isn't it it is. It's our uh, our son, other son, Alan's birthday, and it's uh, he's thirty two today, and it's also uh, your mum and I's thirty ninth wedding anniversary. So uh, I hasten to add, they didn't both happen on the same day. Those events. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a coincidence that it's the same date. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll probably put a sound effect to some cheering or some applause in there or something. Yeah. A bit yeah. telling you, a bit telling you, doing a podcast on your wedding anniversary. Um, is there a bit, a bit of trouble in paradise? No, no, no. She's uh, she's just enjoying watching the uh, the soaps at the moment. Uh, Home and away in uh, Emmerdale Farm is our window of opportunity, I think, <laughs> to get this done. <laughs> it's not been called Emmerdale Farm for about ten years, but fair enough. All right, Emmerdale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. We're here to talk uh, the diaries in the here and now, and we're focusing laser focusing on 1996. Isn't that right? It is, yeah, 1996. Diaries are getting that bumper. We actually missed out some pretty serious elements of the, the last diary. You had a really formative experience that you had to leave out of last, last year's diary. Was that right? Yes, in 1995, in uh, September, we had something that we uh, we forgot, we omitted. And I, I was going to cheat and say, can we put it in this year? But you, you being uh, looking at the ethics, had said, no, you can't do that. It's got to be, uh, it's been mentioned, but as long as we, uh, we don't fib. So it was in September 1995, actually, that we, uh, I was between jobs, actually. In 1996, I'd applied for a, another job, still with 3M, but uh, I, wasn't to, I wasn't to get it until April. April the 1st, funnily enough, I started a job on April Fool's Day. <laughs> Make of that what you will. But uh, I was still in the shift engineer, uh, the field engineers, job uh, overseeing the, uh, the the capital investment projects in in the plant and uh, and, and looking at, you know spending a lot, a lot of time a lot of hours at work and uh, the contractors all like to be on the uh, on the good side of me and uh, one of them it was a painting and decorating contractor actually uh, a fellow called Roy he uh, he asked me if I fancied uh, going for a trip uh, and I said, What's, what kind of trip? And he said, oh, he says, you love it. It's in an aeroplane. I said, oh, I'll count me in. So uh, we went to, uh, in September 95, we went to Elmdermere Airport, uh, which was Birmingham Airport before the Birmingham Airport we know now with its big terminals, uh, one and two. It's uh, It was the old 
50s style art deco type airport at the far side of the uh, the airport that we know now uh, near the Solly Hole Road. And uh, I turned up with uh, Roy and uh, with his mates, uh, Barry and Bill, it says in uh, the diary here, we went in Barry's six-seater executive plane. It was a Piper Seneca 2. And uh, we took off and we went to France for the day. Uh, we landed at Litouquet Airport in the north of France, just to the uh, east of Calais. And uh, we got a taxi from the uh, Litouquet Airport uh, into Litouquet and went to a very, very nice uh, uh, restaurant where we had a, a lovely meal. And then... Uh, and did the return journey all all in a day, uh, but the, the 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 thing I wanted to point out is, uh, you you fly three thousand feet in these small aeroplanes, and uh, the view from three thousand feet, as you you passed over particularly our capital city London, uh, was very revealing. I just could not believe how many swimming pools people they were in back gardens as a flew in this you know slow low aircraft over london there's literally thousands of them so uh you see a whole different perspective when you when you're looking from that sort of uh height and angle there's a lot a lot of uh nice places in the london and greater london area we've got their own pools in the huge gardens yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it's the market for aerial swimming pool tours of London. I don't know. It's a bit, <laughs> bit niche that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was it was a bit of an eye opener that was, and uh, also the view when you're halfway across the Channel, it, so midpoint between Dover and Calais, from three thousand feet you can see the details on either side. You can see the the English towns and roads, and uh, also the French towns and roads at the same time, and it's really fascinating. Fascinating uh, perspective. So yeah, that was uh, that was 1995. Uh, so we've shoehorned that into uh, into 96. <laughs> well, with my amazing powers of segue, we yeah. you got an overview of the the nation's capital. You got an overview of the channel. Yeah. We're now going to drag it back to an overview of 1996. We're going to fly a weave in and out of the various facets of the year, all things global, local. Trivial and critical, we're going to go through it all here on The Half-Life of Brian, beginning with the first entry in the diary. January the 1st, day off, exclamation mark. Not bad. Well, that, that seems uh, pretty obvious, really, being as uh, it's New Year's Day. People normally get New Year's Day off, don't they? But I'd been in this job where I was working sort of seven days a week, really. And uh, so it, it was really something to get a day off. And uh, that's why I put it as a... Capital letters, exclamation mark, day off. And uh, as I say, I, that was the job where I'd, uh, you know, the contractors looked after me a little bit. Uh, they were to look after me a bit uh, later in the year as well, actually. Uh, on my birthday, April the 14th, uh, uh, a company that had put all the CCTV cameras in around the uh, the plant uh, got the contract. Obviously, they were happy. So uh, they wanted to put me in their executive box at St. James's Park. Uh, for my birthday present, <laughs> which is uh, one of the perks of the job, I suppose. And uh, the, the guy I was supposed to go with, uh, Mick McGettrick, uh, a good pal, he um, he couldn't make it. For, I can't remember what, what for whatever reason. Anyway, so uh, we got uh, his place freed up, and uh, I took your auntie Sheila instead. She benefited from that. 
That, that was that was really good. Played Aston Villa, beat them one nil, uh, with a goal scored by Les Ferdinand. So I was eating my prawn sandwiches in the executive box. I'd had a bet on Les to score the uh, the first goal, so he duly obliged. I had, I had a pound on him. I think it was seven to one. So I won the seven quid. Oh, seven quid was you know it was worth a bit more in nineteen ninety six. This is yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was good. I remember, and Ron Ron Atkinson was. Uh, the Aston Villa manager, and he had this long, full-length leather jacket. He looked like a Gestapo officer. He did a dugout walking up and down, shouting and yelling at his uh, at his defeated beleaguered troops as uh, Les Ferdinand uh, won the game for us. And uh, I can remember the Newcastle fans were were, were chanting, "Where's your famous centre half?" Because uh, the fellow who w- should have been marking Les Ferdinand was uh, John McGrath or John McGrath, I think you call him. Who, who any Villa fans listening, they. The the worship him thought he was really good, and uh, but he was a bit of a uh, a rogue, and uh, he, he didn't train. I don't think, uh, and uh, he'd gone missing. Uh, he didn't turn up for the team bus, <laughs> hence Les Ferdinand being allowed to score the winner. I think <laughs> Les would have Les Ferdinand would have beat him in the air anyway. I flew way halfway up the air there to, uh, but that was because of, we were talking about the contractors and uh, and and that job. Uh, which I, I was about to change, which is a key part of this diary, actually. I, I was to change uh, completely differently and move into uh, technical service. Uh, but I wasn't to start out, as I say, till April the 1st. Um, you're finishing your, your degree? Uh, I, no, I didn't finish it. I, I, I was still doing it. I, uh, I did another credit, uh, DT200 this year, which was, uh, it was uh, technology, information technology, and it's, uh, it's social effects, which was a really interesting course, actually. <laughs> so uh that's dated well <laughs> oh yeah yeah it, it, was, it was really good really really interesting and uh it would it would make predictions about what was to come you know it was just, it said I, I can remember reading uh one module where it was saying there will be an, an array in the uh, middle of the ceiling of each room which will emanate uh data and uh, be picked up wirelessly by by any device which is uh, placed in, in on a hot desk in the room, and uh, so they knew what they were talking about, but they just got it. Uh, they've got the hardware uh, envisaged to do it, a sort of light bulb affair that would be in the middle of the room, spraying out these uh, these rays. <laughs> which well, is yeah, uh, super glue. Your, super glue your router to the ceiling, and you're not far off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty so, close. So that, yeah, that's uh, you, you get that, though. you get the uh, people who they are clever. They know what's coming. But they're just not sure what form it's going to take, you know. Like it would tell me there'd be a sort of uh, a hot desk would entail uh, uh, almost like um, a heated rear windscreen effect, where you have the, the lines of a heated rear windscreen that would be like ingrained into the desk, and you'd have to put your your, your computer or whatever on onto that grid for it to be able to work, you know, wirelessly. Okay. So uh, so they, they were onto something, but they just they just had the uh, the, the wrong sort of version of it, I think. Right. You were ahead of the curve on Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, bright Wi-Fi. Yeah, bright. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. Anyway, again, uh, that was a full year's sixty points, uh, full credit. So I managed to to get through it, go through to the the, the next year when I would do another course. So uh, yeah, that was the the OU. I actually, well, it was, it was 24th of January when I was told that I, I'd got my new job that I applied for. Uh, but I wasn't I wasn't released until April the 1st, you know, a 
couldn't start it till April the first. In the meantime, uh, other other interesting events that were to occur. In the diary here, I've got on uh, on the twenty seventh of February, uh, Marsden Rock collapsed, which is uh, the iconic uh, rock in Marsden Bay in South Shields in uh, my old hometown. Beautiful uh, seabird sanctuary and uh, tourist uh, place. It's lovely, lovely little uh, little bay. You used, to, you used to go when you were a kid, didn't you, with me uh, taking it? But uh, it had an arch, a famous archway, and uh, it just it just gave way and it all collapsed, forever altering the uh, the, the shape of this uh, famous landmark. That's the word I was looking for, famous landmark. It's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, I remember we had a a, a watercolor, whether it was an original or a, a print on the wall yeah. of the, the intact Marsden Rock for years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. which I assume is is, is somewhere either at Grandma's or at home now. Yeah, uh, that's right. It's his grandma's, I think. It's uh, yeah. It's but it's a bit of a, a bit of an anomaly now because it's now a set of stacks where. Uh, yeah, the arches, the arches gone. It was the arch that sort of gave it its unique sort of look, you know. And that was just a lump, a big lump of rock, <laughs> archless. <laughs> used to used to play on on the beach and wander through that arch and everything when the tide was out, you know. Uh, alas, we can't do that anymore. I've got an entry on the on the 18th of January. It says it looks as though there may be some peace in the Middle East now. It says the Palestinians were setting up a state within with elections, etc., on the West Bank. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, that's that sort. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's them, that's them re reconciled back in 1996. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but there, there were big screens on in the world, weren't there? Uh, still, you know, uh, yeah. peace for peace for the time being. On Gaza, um, but you also said here that um, U.S. troops have moved into Bosnia. Yeah, on the 29th of February, there's yeah, thousands of uh, American troops have moved in. We've had in the previous couple of uh, years, we'd mentioned the, uh, the, the the problems there, and uh, the uh, the Americans decided to to you know take it up, being the, the most powerful force in the world at the time. They uh, went in themselves and. Uh, Started to sort it out. So, and, what, was the, what was the reasoning behind that? Was was there escalating tensions in the? the we obviously talked about the the UN having some involvement last time round. Was it time for for America to take the lead on that sort of thing? And yeah, it was the siege of Sarajevo. That was it because um, the siege of the Bosnian capital Sarajevo was declared over after four years of continuous shelling and sniper attacks. There's the what they called the Dayton Peace Agreement signed in the previous December. The uh, had to give up the suburbs and return them to Muslim Croat authority. So this was kind of the beginning of the end. Well, they, they broke they, they broke the terms of this uh, Dayton peace agreement, I think. So the Americans decided to go in and enforce it. You know, that was uh, once they once they went in. I think uh, it, it had a whole different uh, complexion after that. And the uh, Bosnian Serb president Radovan Karadzic, uh, the, the father Ted lookalike. <laughs> Premier Serbian, uh, yeah, on a Ted lookalike. Yes, he, just, he decided to resign then, and uh, and he, he more or less went on the run after that. And uh, they didn't actually arrest him until until the noughties. That was a long, long way off. Related to that, yeah. you had a significant death in this year of uh, of Arthur Axman. Yes, speaking about people who were on the run. Yeah, well, Arthur Axman died in. Uh, in, in 1996, at the ripe old age of, of 83. And uh, 
he'd been very senior, uh, one of the last of the senior Nazis, really, from the from the Second World War. He was the um, the leader of the Hitler Youth, and uh, he got he got away quite lightly, actually, uh, because a lot, a lot of the, uh, the the top Nazis were, you know, sentenced to death at the end of the uh, the war, and uh, he, uh, I say, went on to the ripe old age of, of eighty three, and. Uh, in the fall of Berlin in 1945, he was uh, a Reichsfuhrer who was uh, uh, rallying all the young people to man the barricades. You know, he was a he'd been the, the Hitler Hitler Youth leader, and he was uh, conscripting all the young people who, who were kids really into the army at the end to the defend the city. Yeah, the Volkssturm and to defend the city from the uh, from the Russians. And uh, yeah, along with the Volkssturm was you know Arthur Ackman's kids and uh, old men, basically. So it's a, bit, it's a bit of a wonder, isn't it, when you think about it? Somebody who yeah. basically was was responsible for um, sort of instilling Nazi propaganda into yeah. Boy Scouts. Um, well, yeah, that's right, yeah. Pretty much, well, you know, led, led, lived to that old age and uh, kind of, rel yeah. relatively speaking, to the rest of the, the those involved in the, the trials, um, yeah. flew under the radar somewhat. He did really, yeah, yeah. He was uh, him, him and uh, Albert Speer was the other one who was. They, they called him the good Nazi, you know. But he still had to do twenty years in prison. Uh, but when you consider a lot of the others uh, faced the hangman's noose, you know, the likes of uh, uh, von Ribbentrop and, uh, and Keitel and Yodel and, and people like that, uh, I suppose they got very lightly compared to compared to them. Yeah, Arthur Axman, eighty-three, the leader of the Hitler Youth. Early, actually, in January in 1996, was uh, the ex-French president uh, Francois Mitterrand, who was uh, he, he was uh, he was 79, and uh, it's pretty much the opposite of a Nazi. Um, oh yeah, he was a he was a labor a labor man. Uh, he's a socialist, actually. Uh, Francois Mitterrand, well well, well respected uh, French president, who, uh, who died in early 1996. So apparently he was um, a big part of the reason why the kind of socialist movement. I know there's a, there's a socialist party now in France with um, yeah there's a, the socialist um, leader at the minute with Emmanuel uh, yeah. Macron. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's kind of a the, Mitterrand was I suppose he was heavily involved in, in the, um, the the process with the, the the Channel Tunnel and things like that as well. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, also a, a big part of the, the the socialist movement in France. And um, according yeah. to according to um, Sources I'm looking at. He was also a, a prisoner of war during the um, when yes. the occupied France as well. So quite yeah. a, quite a colourful life. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Mac Macron's predecessor Hollande was it Hollande? He was more of, Hollande, yeah. yeah, he was more of a socialist than uh, than Macron. I think. <laughs> Bob Paisley, the, the famous uh, Liverpool manager, and uh, another fellow who hailed from the northeast, actually, who, uh, from Tallow. Uh, Bob Paisley was. But uh, he signed for Liverpool as a player when he was a, when he was young and stayed with Liverpool all his career. And uh, I think he right in saying Bob Paisley had a, a more success than any other manager. He won so many trophies; it was uh, unbelievable. But, uh, he was very very unassuming and very very shy. Almost he seemed, you know, when uh, when he was uh, giving interviews to the public. I'd, don't know what he was like behind closed doors. He might have been quite the opposite, but I suspect not. Bit of a contrast yeah. to people like Franklin yeah. and people like that who had very oh, yeah. famous yeah. sort of bombastic quotes and things like that, didn't they? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. There was oh, there was nothing like that from uh, Bob Paisley, but, uh, but he was obviously he knew his stuff. He was very, very successful. So uh, yeah, 
And uh, who else did we, we lose? We lost uh, Cubby Broccoli, who was the um, the producer of uh, all the early James Bond films, uh, the ones with Sean Connery in, in particular. So he, he was, uh, you know, we lost Sean Connery just a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Cubby Broccoli was his, uh, his uh, producer of his, uh, his Bond films. So a big say in his career, I would say. Oh, yeah, he was the one who uh, instigated all the... Uh, the, the Sights and the gun barrel at the beginning of the credits, I think, when the uh, when the Bond's shadow walks in in front of the sights, you know, all that sort of thing. It's funny you should say that because there's, yeah. there's, just to just to bring that back to the modern day, there's been a teaser yeah. trailer come out for a, a, a James Bond video game using exactly that sort of. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of the most iconic things in cinema, isn't it? The, the, it is. Yeah. It all could be broccoli produced uh, bonds. You know, the, the the broccolis are still an institution in terms of James Bond. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. And uh, so who else? We had uh, early on, we had uh, a, a work colleague at 3M, Alan Tingey, a uh, really nice guy he was. He was in the quality control. He uh, he, he passed away in 1996. Uh, lovely fellow from Badsley, I think he was. And uh, we had um, uh, Chas Chandler, who was a bass guitarist with the uh, with the, the legendary Tyneside band, The Animals. Uh he passed away at age 57 in uh, in 1996. Jazz Chandler, of course, uh, was uh, instrumental in uh, introducing Jimi Hendrix to uh, the UK. He brought Jimi Hendrix uh, over as an actor, as his manager, and uh, helped uh, Jimi Hendrix's profile. Oh, cheers, uh, Jazz. Night. Yeah, yeah, very good. And it's with, same with music. You had um, Jonathan uh, Calvoin, who was... Uh, Keyboard player with the uh, Smashing Pumpkins, well, I believe you and you and Alan saw once at the festival didn't you? And, and said they were really good. Yeah, excellent. I mean, uh, Billy Billy Corgan's the famous um, yeah. face from that, or, or yeah. old head. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's he's an odd character that guy. But uh, yeah, well, what a, what a fantastic band and set of musicians. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, only, 30, only thirty-four he was, so it was a, a drug a drugs, I think, sadly. Yeah, so the, the idea lasted a bit, little bit longer than Hendrix, as we mentioned. But um, yeah. yeah, and um, probably the the, the biggest um, in terms of sort of I would say global uh, influence in terms of the, the music world. Um, we're looking at um, this is the the year, um, sadly, and and I, I would say notoriously um, mm -hmm. that we uh, we lost uh, Tupac Shakur. Oh yes, the rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know as. Uh, white men from the, the the West Midlands, you yeah. know, that's about as uh, West Coast as we get. But um, it's it, it, it's it's got to be said, you know, we don't know much about our, our sort of West Coast rap era, but um, or East Coast rap era, uh, which mm -hmm. is where um, Tupac uh, cut his teeth. Mm -hmm. um, but in in Las Vegas in September in 1996, uh, yeah. he was shot dead. Yeah, he was only 25. Yeah, yeah. After after visiting a, a boxing match with uh, Mike Tyson, yeah. who was prolific at this time. Oh yeah, yeah. Mike Tyson in uh, in March on the sixteenth of March uh, KO'd our very own Frank Bruno in the third round in their uh, their title fight. So uh, I think Frank had uh, had got a a, a a good punch in late in the second round and uh, just got him uh, got Tyson angry that day. <laughs> so. Uh, he came out and flattened Frank after that, just to uh, to t teach him. That's uh, Frank uh, Mike Tyson's famous quote, isn't it? Because uh, Frank Frank would have planned to get his big punch in at some some stage, 
And uh, Mike Tyson's uh, famous for saying, everybody's got a plan till they got a punch in the face. <laughs> Coming back to uh, Tupac, mm-hmm. um, it was he, he was a he was shot before actually, um, because he was yeah. he was part of this um, the uh, the kind of the, the the gangster rap scene. To be honest, the uh, the New York the New York rap scene there was a, there was a lot of uh, rivalry and hostility, yeah. uh, and as a, as a, possibly as a result, um, there's a lot of speculation about whether he's actually uh, actually dead. Um, that some, some people have said. Um, He's been he's been spotted in places like Cuba, uh, <laughs> right? But, uh, oh, well, that's all. That's all. That's true. Let's hope so. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the actual the actual killing itself. Um, he was he was shot four times: once in the arm, once in the thigh, and twice in the chest, which oh, seemed, seemed to do for him. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, very sad because um, you know, as troubled as some of the lives that people lead, you know, he it was clearly uh, it was understood. I mean, I'm I'm no uh, massive fan or or expert on this sort of uh, genre of music, but you know, rap is called rap because it stands for um, rhythm and poetry. Oh yeah. right, yeah. A lot of people who will will cite him as being one of the the, the great lyricists of the of the twentieth century. All oh, right, um, you know. So it's was he influenced it, by Shakespeare? Did you see? Yeah, he was supposed yeah. to be a big admirer of uh, of Shakespeare, and oh. um, you know, it's 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 easy to have a, a kind of one view lens on these kind of things, but mm. these people can be quite complex people. Mm. Uh, they come from from hard backgrounds and um, and the real raw raw side of life, and you know they they yeah. have a talent and they make make something of that talent. And um, regrettably, it's ended up in a in a in a fatal shooting. But I'll tell you one thing: um, they made a film version of his life, and the yeah. actor got to play him. He yeah. was he was a clone. I'll I'll have to show you a picture, Dad, because it was it's yeah, yeah. two pack Shakur and yeah. Uh, yeah. Frank Bruner, our Frank, yeah. put put in his ass. Yeah. <laughs> John Pertwee, we lost John Pertwee in 1996, who was uh, the third of the Doctor Who's. Was also Wurzel Gummidge, so he's famous for those two characters. Father of Sean Pertwee, the the current actor. Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's been in a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's when they do uh, favorite Doctor Who's, he often comes uh, top of the list for 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 quite a lot of people. He's the one in New Judo, wasn't he? Oh, John Pertwee, did he? Is uh, oh, I didn't know that. about John Pertwee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's stunned. Sure. No, no, the 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 doctor, the the version, oh. of, his version of the doctor uh, used oh. to do like judo moves. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't know that. I can't remember. He, he always had the uh, was pretty uh, pretty good with a sonic screwdriver. I remember that. Well, others on uh, in uh, 1996, uh, Gene Kelly, the famous uh, song and dance man. We uh, we saw. Uh, Fred Astaire off in, a, in an earlier podcast, and uh, Gene Kelly was one of his contemporaries as well. He, uh, he, he passed away in 1996. Probably most famous for his uh, Singing in the Rain uh, sequence, I would think. Everybody's probably seen that at some stage. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I thought you were... Uh, well, that's a, that's, that's, there's yeah, a, a minute silence for Gene Kelly there. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Crowther, who was a, a, quite a famous te- television personality of round of about those, uh, been on kids' TV programs and uh, the, the first Cracker Jack, I, I remember him, and uh, crazy quiz program, uh, uh, kids' kids TV program, 
from uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> so that shows you how old he was. But uh, he was a uh, he, he did he did he was a quiz master as well, and lots of quiz shows and uh, uh, well known on TV round about that time. He'd had a really serious car crash a couple of years before, which uh, I think probably was instrumental in him uh, dying actually at the relatively young age of sixty three. And uh, we also we lost Marge Proops, who was. Uh, 85, she she was uh, one of the first agony ants in the, uh, the, the tabloid press. She was uh, with the Daily Mirror. She, a lot of people at my age will be familiar with Marge Proops. She passed away. She's the dear Deirdre of her day. She was the dear Deirdre of her day, yeah. Huge, glass, huge glasses she used to wear, massive lenses on them, which were obviously fashionable at the time. <laughs> Two... Uh, very, very witty comedian type guys in uh, Michael Benteen, who, who died at age 74. He was uh, one of the originators of the uh, of the Goon Show with uh, Spike Milligan and Peter Sellers and uh, Barry Seagram, yes, of course. So uh, Michael Benteen passed away. I used, to, I used to like watching him when I was a kid. He used to be really zany, come on the, the TV with a, a flea circus that he used, to, he used to make the kids laugh with. Uh, well, scrub that bit because nobody will understand that. Simpler times. Uh, yeah, similar times, yes. <laughs> and uh, Willie Rushton. Willie Rushton was a, another a sort of academic-type, clever, uh, witty fella who was uh, often on the uh, the quiz programmes as well. He was, uh, uh, have I got news for you? He was uh, prominent on that, on the panel and that. And uh, I'm sorry I'll... Uh, I'm sorry I haven't a clue. That was it. He used to, used to be on that on Radio 4. The quiz that always used to end with uh, Mornington Crescent on the yeah. uh, the tube stations. I've lived, uh, I've lived which in, I, I never really there. understood that, to be honest. <laughs> but it was supposed to be some highbrow uh, comedy uh, yeah. thing. It was one of those. It's one of those things where I mean, I lived in London, and I, I, yeah. I try to think it was um, following the tube lines, but it bears yeah. no resemblance. They just yeah. kind of bat tube stations back and forth until you end up on Mornington Crescent to rounds of applause. Yeah, I guess that's the joke. <laughs> yeah, I used to laugh at it, but I didn't really know what I was laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Rushton was uh, was in that, and he was in a string of films as well. So, uh, and then uh, to round them up, I suppose we've got uh, we've got to mention um, a country to, uh, to the the field of linguistics. You could argue. Oh yes, definitely yes. We had a, a famous name that not all that many people will know about. Uh, uh, Ruby Murray. She was a singer, Ruby was, from uh, Northern Ireland, from uh, Donegal, I think. And uh, she was... Uh, Ruby Murray. Very, very popular in the uh, in the 50s and early 60s with a string of uh, charts. And uh, but probably made really famous now uh, by virtue of the fact that uh, her name has uh, gone into the famous Cockney rhyming slang as, as a slang for a curry, uh, yeah. Ruby Murray. So uh, the British lexicon, she is the she, British lexicon. Yeah, she never thought. I bet she didn't think her career was going to pan out like that to be famous for being called a curry. <laughs> she, uh, uh, Del Boy and Rodney and uh, Only Fools and Horses, I think, uh, used to use use her name in just about every episode, which uh, helped to absorb it into the uh, Cockney rhyme and slang. Half lighter than Earth, a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, very much so. Because <laughs> everybody likes a ruby, don't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not so much as a kid. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a Half-Life of Brian podcast without an emergence of your least favourite game and my favourite game. Um, it's here oh, yeah. to return. 
it's we've already tried tried to get you talking about Tupac. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Brian down with the kids with a Z. He's <laughs> back for nineteen ninety six, and I've got two crackers for you. All right, go on then. So are you ready? All right, right. ready as all of it. The first one, Crash Bandicoot. Well, that's a computer game, I think. Oh, he's he's, he's evaded my trap. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's a computer game. I'll have to give you that, Dad. Yeah, definitely. Crash yeah, yeah, right, yeah. He was God, the. Uh, how did I know that? Because the Tony, the Tony PlayStation was out this year. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. That's the grey, boring one. Oh, right. Okay. Um, in '96, yeah. Yeah, and he was he was kind of the he, I guess he was like the Sonic the Hedgehog or yeah. the Mario of uh, of PlayStation. Ah, right. Uh, and he's made a bit of a comeback recently. Okay. Yeah. Second yeah. one. So that's one for one for one. Yeah. Uh, number two. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland was a was one of. I'm sure Tom Holland was one of Alan's pals, wasn't he? <laughs> well, I uh, was born in 1996. Oh, cousin, yeah, no, so. no, no, no. It may have been, but uh, yeah, yeah. a bit of a tag along if he was. Yeah. Uh, Tom Holland. Uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Did he play for Newcastle? <laughs> no. <laughs> You've got. I, we, did, we, did, we did have a lad Holland who played for Newcastle once. Okay, well, was he look him up though. Was he born in '96? He's got to be born in '96. No, probably not. It would be before that. So yeah, Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. He's Tom very, Holland. very, very famous these days. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Is he a, a singer? No, you've had your chips. <laughs> an actor. Uh, well, you can't have it now. I can't get out. He is an actor, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no. you didn't tell me, did you? I've got it myself. No, don't make a mockery. You're not. You're not yeah. down with kids this week. <laughs> well, I got half of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Crash Band- I mean, Crash Bandicoot's like over 10 years old, so that doesn't count. But, uh, yeah. you, you know, Tom Holland, he actually plays uh, Spider Man in uh, the current Marvel incarnations. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. He's, actually, he's British. British. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm a Toby Maguire man. <laughs> he was the original, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's the trouble with reboots. You get confused, don't you? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, by forgetting yeah. Toby Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's definitely not born in 1996. No, all right then. Yeah, not down with the kids this week. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I probably have seen Tom Holland because I've seen the, uh, I, I saw Spider-Man in the, the last Avengers film, so that would be him, would it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm pulling my way back here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, we had, we had our first uh, first wheelie bin in uh, on the 26th of March, which I've got as a diary entry. What an event! Yeah, what a big event! Yeah, because and then yeah, you, you, you get used to something as if it's been always there, but uh, then I had to think to myself, well, what did we have before that? And I, I couldn't remember. But then I, I remember we had these horrible metal bins, which had just metal lids with a handle on top, which were pretty rubbish. Really, you couldn't get much in them. And you'd need a couple of them. Or just put stuff in bin bags and leave the bin bags out, you know. So the the really bin was a, a revelation. And, of course, it came at the same time as they had to have the new uh, bin lorries and everything to with the compactors on them to, to take them all, which was uh, which was great. I mean, I remember when I was a little lad, the, uh, the bin wagons used to just have sliding doors on them, lids that the men used to and just empty a bin in, and there was no compaction or anything like that. So... After doing the street, the bin wagon was full, and they'd have to go off to the tip to empty it. You know, 
Red hot sanitation talk here from the uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Brian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have the you'll be followed by the ragman. The ragman would come round with his his handcart with a few balloons and all that, and he'd be shouting something totally incoherent at the top of his voice that nobody could ever. It was English, I presume, but you you didn't know what it was he was yelling, and uh, he'd, he'd come round our street and the, the one that used to come down our street, the ragman, called him the ragman way. He used to go, Tony Hancock! Tony Hancock! Tony Hancock? I don't, know what it, I don't know what it was, but that's what it sounded like. And you knew that was him. You thought, oh, it's a ragman. You know, you'd take something out and you'd get a, a sweet or a balloon or something, if you had some some gear to give him. <laughs> gear? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that kind of transaction? Un unwanted unwanted uh, clothing or rubbish. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The ragman. Oh, it's, it's there, isn't it? It's the, it's the idea. Give all your fancy clothes to the ragman, put on your old blue jeans. There's a lyric in the Lindisfarne song from Fog on the Time. And I can identify with that, the ragman. I know who the ragman was. Until the wheelie bins uh, put him out of business. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of, uh, of uh, these hand barrows. I can remember we had a, an upright piano when I was a little lad. And uh, I think your, your grandma had got in, in in the hope that would uh, become musicians, you know. It was a great idea of hers. But, of course, I was just a little tearaway who wanted to go out there uh, running around the streets with me catty. And uh, I think she forced your Auntie Sheila to do a little bit, uh, but she fell away as well. So we'd got this unwanted upright piano in our house, and uh, they decided they'd get rid of it. Well, we couldn't, we couldn't get it out. I don't know how we got it in. We couldn't get it out. Had to sort of smash it up in the house, this uh, piano, <laughs> and take it out bit by bit and put it on one of these hand barrels that uh, your granddad Charlie had hired from the from the, the, the scrapyard, Hanratty's Hanratty's scrapyard. I remember it was called, and uh, I can remember him with, with this this two wheeled hand barrel, like a big like cartwheels. These these wheels were, and he, it was a flatbed barrel. And he was, he got this smashed up piano on it. And you could just, he was a strong bloke when he was young, you know. He was just about get it moving. And I was skipping alongside him because I was just a little lad. And we were on a hill. And he, he, he had to go down this hill. And uh, well, it started to run away from him. And he was, I, you can see it now. It was running down this hill uh, called Mowbray Road, down towards the uh, very busy uh, Westall Road at the bottom. And uh, there was buses and wagons and lorries and all sorts going across the bottom of this uh, road, and he couldn't stop it. He was, he was, it was, it was tilting up in the air, and his legs were lifting off the floor. He was like running in midair with this thing going down this, careering down this hill, and me running after him, laughing. And he, he couldn't stop, and it just shot out at the bottom across this junction, this busy road, and just managed to luckily miss a, a, you know, a gap in the traffic as he shot through and across the road and then down the rest of the hill. That's to the hill where it levelled out and he managed to stop that. But uh, that was the uh, yeah the hand barrel, the ragman's hand barrel. <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't see that coming from the uh, wheelie bin tangent there. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, an early memory that I've got, which is uh, <laughs> way before 1996. We've gone off uh, off track there. <laughs> Early in 1996, anyway, Newcastle having a fantastic season, and there were this is I could brings tears to my eyes when I when I recount this. They were actually 12 points ahead at the top of the Premier League, 
and uh, they got caught up by Manchester United in the end. And uh, it was it was heartbreaking. It was the, it was the nearest we've ever come to winning the uh, the Premier League. Uh, it was between Newcastle and Man United. We lost we lost four three. I remember to Liverpool, and it was that was voted the the greatest game of the first decade of the Premier League. And uh, I'm sure the Scousers would have been happy to throw that game really to uh, to let Newcastle beat Manchester United to the title. <laughs> but uh, being you know. Would have been nice. Yeah, but uh, it, it just doesn't happen. You know, you, you, you go out and you, you try and beat whoever's there, don't you? And uh, that was the, the one. Where, that was the one where it, it turned really when we lost. We lost that, and uh, the, the, we had to play Manchester United at home, and it was like the hour more Newcastle absolutely battered them, but uh, couldn't get the ball past Schmeichel, and then they nicked it with with a breakaway, and uh, they overhauled Newcastle, and uh, ended up coming runners up in the end. Uh, losing the league by four points, which was was such a shame. Following the, the Premier League's ultimate Devon Lock moment, Devon Lock being a, a Grand National horse that was in the lead and, and collapsed across the line. Mm. <laughs> and that was, that was uh, yeah. following Keegan's famous rant, wasn't it? The oh yes, yes, the famous rant. He right. would love it if they beat beat them out. Whereas uh, Ferguson had been a bit a bit of a miserable git on the. Uh, on the, to the press and TV, you know, a bit of sour grapes really from him, and uh, they, they they dressed it up as as mind games, but it wasn't. It was sour grapes from Ferguson because he thought he was going to lose the league. They, they managed to uh, claw it back anyway, which was a, a shame. In the uh, in the the close season, then uh, Newcastle broke the transfer record and signed uh, Alan Shearer for fifteen million. Well, something had to be done, didn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. A player who would have they had. Of course, it's typical Newcastle. The player who was born and bred on Tyneside, Newcastle fan all his life, would have uh, signed for them for nothing, you know. And uh, they ended up having to get him via the South Coast and Southampton and Blackburn in uh, Lancashire, you know. A roundabout way of, of getting the, uh, the, the the bloke back home where he belonged. And so, um, Festino Aspira joined yeah. in the January. Uh, yes. If you look at the look at the transfer fees. Yes. Uh, compared to now. Oh yeah, yeah. Fifteen million in the in yeah. the Premier League money is, is is small potatoes these oh, days. Oh, chicken feed. No, it was the it was the record. It was the record signing at the time. But as you say, Asprilla was signed in January. Actually, uh, As Faustino Asprilla, the the flamboyant, multi-talented uh, Colombian striker. At the, <laughs> and as a complete contrast, at the same time, they signed David Batty. The, the no nonsense uh, holding combative midfield player, uh, uh, you know, bluff Yorkshireman, and uh, as a you couldn't get two more contrasting characters, I think, David Batty and uh, Faustino Asprilla, but both, both very, very effective at what they did, you know, and uh, it should have been the catalyst really to go on and win the league, but uh, but alas, no, it, it was not to be. So, uh, as I say, in the close season, signed Alan Shearer. Then, the because uh, Manchester United had done the double, of course, they'd won the uh, the league and the FA Cup. Uh, Newcastle were invited to play play in the Charity Shield at Wembley. Yeah, yeah, to play Man United, and uh, of course we went to that. So uh, I remember being in the Olympic Gallery, and it's the old Wembley we're talking about, of course, 
and uh, very strange view in the gallery in the in the old Wembley. It's like a a row of seats that went all the way around the ground, which was slung just underneath the roof, which was a weird sort of uh, arrangement. But uh, you know, a, a great view, and uh, we we went and uh, we lost four nil. Oh, we're two nil down at half time. Came back strongly in the second half and pressing for you know to get back in the game. And uh, instead of getting back in the game, the last five minutes, Man United scored another two. <laughs> so uh, ended up losing heavily 4-0 in the end. But uh, anyway, we got a good side and we were still, you know, hotly tipped to do well the uh, the following season. So when the, the season started again, which would be the 1966-67 season, we were, we were soon top of the league again. And, 1996. Uh, yeah, 19- what did I say? 66. The old Wembley had gone back to the uh, World Cup final, hadn't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in the, uh, in the in the start of the new season, then we were hotly tipped and, uh, and, and did well and was soon, soon back at the top of the league again. And uh, for the 1996-97 season, that's what I should say. And, uh, and in October, we got our revenge because Manchester United came to... Uh, St James's Park in October, and uh, it was the, uh, the the famous Highway Five O game. Darren Peacock, David Ginola, Alan Shearer, Les Ferdinand, and then the icing on the cake at the end, Philip Albert's chip over Schmeichel. Uh, got a five nil rout of uh, Manchester United. So it was a, a lovely uh, game to to look back on. That is. Your 66 verbal stumble. Yeah. It was a big year for England, wasn't it, in terms of the football? Oh, 96. It was uh, Euro 96, of course. And uh, there's plenty of entries in the diary about uh, Euro 96. We had uh, we actually went to a game, uh, you and I and, and Al. England did did really well. Uh, Alan Shearer was, was playing uh, as England striker with, with Teddy Sheringham as his, his partner. They did really, really well in it. We actually got tickets for one of the games, Scotland versus Holland at Villa Park, and uh, on the 10th of June, that was. I can remember going to the uh, the Irish Centre in Aston Park there. We went into the uh, Irish Centre, and it was full of Scots, and uh, obviously a, a smattering of Irish in there as well. It was before the game, and I remember sitting in there and feeling really intimidated because... We're about the only English people in there. The the Scots and the Irish were, were singing anti-English songs together. I don't know if you remember that. And uh, we were sitting there, frightened to open our mouths. <laughs> and uh, they were really, really very anti-English songs that were being uh, chanted. And uh, as we got up to go out, and uh, I think we went in there because I'd been in there before with me, my mate who was a member who uh, used to go to the Villa, see Villa Newcastle. And park there, you know. But uh, I remember as we got got up to go out, the start of this chant: "If you hate the English, clap your hands." Everybody was, and we were because we weren't conspicuous by the fact that we weren't joining in. <laughs> Did I not just join in? And I can remember. Uh, Wouldn't have understood this fella uh, ruffling your hair and Alan's hair and going, "Ah, this is what it's all about, lads." You know, thinking that we were Scottish. <laughs> 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 and like <laughs> we couldn't get out of there quick enough. <laughs> I can't remember what the score was now, but I remember it was very exciting. And England did were doing really well, and uh, we didn't get to see an England match because England were playing all their games at Wembley, and uh, we didn't get tickets for that. 
but uh, England had beaten uh, beaten Spain and they beat they beat Holland quite convincingly, you know, which were two great powers. And then of course we had to play the Germans, didn't we? And uh, lost on penalties. And uh, you just alluded to it. Where did you go, Dad? When the uh, when we were watching it on the telly, I couldn't bear to watch out to go walk around the square. I, well, I, I remember <laughs> you, you, you actually. I think you actually threatened to mow the lawn. Yes, I, I couldn't. I, yeah, anything but watch England take penalties <laughs> against the Germans. Yeah, yeah. I remember going out, walking around the garages, and then coming back and asking what had happened, and uh, to the heartbreaking news that they'd, uh, they'd lost on penalties to the Germans. No, uh, not not really surprising, but uh, still shocking. <laughs> and that was June uh, June 1996, and uh, of course it was very very. Uh, Famous for the uh, for the music for, for uh, the the Lightning Seeds song and uh, uh, Skinner and Badil uh, it made um, three lines three lines on a shirt. The song was so massively popular, and uh, I, funnily enough, uh, in Germany, their their own chart uh, three lines went to, to into the top ten. Uh, it was so popular in Germany. And their own uh, Euro '96 uh, squad had made a, their own version of a song, you know, for the uh, tournament, and uh, it didn't get anywhere near it. So <laughs> our, our song was more popular in Germany than their own song. But uh, Skinner underpredicted. Yeah, of course they'd have the last laugh, of course, by having the the best football team. Small solace to having the best football song. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Huge year for music, right? It was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There was a, an absolute unstoppable force was created, developed in the year before, which came onto the scene um, in the world of pop music. And if I say the phrase "girl power" to you, yeah, the Spice Girls, yeah, they hit the charts with uh, "Wanna Be" and uh, "To Become One" were the two big hits. Of course, we've said three lines. That was massive that year. But Oasis was still uh, leading the, uh, the the scene with uh, "Don't Look Back in Anger" was their, their big hit, I think. Which is the, the you know the last that last song that's played at every wedding? All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I've been to the, the Spice Girls were were just such a, a, a like a, a movement really. I mean, it was kind of yeah. this kind of like faux fen- feminism idea that, that that had been marketed and packaged and uh, yeah. and and brought up. But yeah, you know they were they were hit machines. Um, yeah, yeah. I resist doing the old Spice joke with you. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Obviously, they had uh, their own specific characters. Mm. Uh, yeah, Oasis. Off the off the back of Britpop, Britpop was kind of very early on, wasn't it? In the in mm. the you mm. know, Pulp was still knocking around, Blur, mm. uh, and one of the one of the most brilliant things I remember, which was I, I, you know I wasn't a massive fan of the Spice Girls, but I loved uh, this when it came on the TV because all you could see was this like bubblegum sort of pop everywhere. Mm. But the Prodigy sort of they'd been on the yeah. scene quite a while, but they got very yeah. mainstream with the, yeah. the video to uh, Firestarter. Firestarter, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the, yeah. late, the late great Keith. Yeah. He I, I, apparently that drew massive uh, complaints. That video when it was first shown. Oh, I can imagine. It was like <laughs> <laughs> Los Del Rio, or like Macarena, which was really, really popular as well. I mean, I can remember your your mum when we went to the Canaries doing the Macarena, which was around about that that time, and uh, after she's had quite a few. Uh, Sangrias, and she wasn't very well afterwards. <laughs> but she was doing the Macarena right up until she turned poorly. <laughs> the Manic Street Preachers, Designed for Life, and Jamiroquai, uh, Virtual Insanity were two of the, the big uh, songs that year. 
And uh, right down at the, at the other end of the uh, spectrum, you've got the, the quite popular Ooh, Ah, Just a Little Bit, which was our Eurovision Song Contest en entry, which, which came a poor seventh. <laughs> I yep. forgot it. Famously Australian, Gina G. That's right, yes. <laughs> so I don't know whether it will be in Eurovision uh, next time, next year, after the transition period. <laughs> <laughs> they might not invite us. <laughs> uh, watch this space. It'll be in, uh, it'll be in the 2021 diary. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a, a tragic year uh, in, in many ways. On the 13th of March, there was a really, um, really tragic shooting. Yeah, I've got it in the diary. It was a, in, the, in the diary entry here. Maniac Thomas Hamilton slaughters 16 primary school children in Dunblane, Scotland. Uh, terrible uh, uh, event, which is uh, something that the... Uh, we don't see much of in this this country, uh, largely because of the fact that uh, after that awful event, uh, we very quickly clamped down on uh, on guns and uh, and completely banned the owners private ownership of handguns uh, after that, and uh, which is something our our cousins over the Atlantic could probably take a lead from because uh, it seems to happen on an awful regular basis uh, over there. And uh, they never do anything about it. So it, it happened the once here, and we uh, clamped down on it straight away. I mean, the, the weapons involved, just to get uh, into the technicality, yeah. were a nine millimeter Browning pistol, yeah, um, a Smith and Wesson M19 mm. pistol, and a Magnum revolver. Yeah, uh, two of those. So yeah. uh, you know, multiple handguns. Yeah. This and it sparked a lot of public. There was still a lot of public debate. I mean, as young as I was, I still remember yeah. this being. You know, this is the sort of thing that resonates and sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, we've got our gun lobby here, just the same as in America. But it's, obviously, it's not. Uh, it hasn't got the uh, the, the same uh, clout as the uh, the national rifle, uh, the NRA, is it? We touched on that the last time as well, didn't we? About the uh, the right to bear arms and the, the frontier spirit and all that, mm -hmm. which uh, we 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 don't have here. Um, I mean, the the perpetrator Thomas Hamilton um, uh, yeah. took his own life as well yeah. afterwards, um, yeah. which is. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a deplorable and utterly cowardly act, really. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, but, yeah. yeah, in terms of the public perception of it, um, it had a massive impact on uh, gun control yeah. laws in this country and basically kind of shut mm. down the, the debate about um, the, the, the reasons for owning handguns in particular. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. And then it was, it was across the, the board with all, all the parties, you know, the, they all had a consensus on it. You know, there's no, there not one party against it, you know, which is good. And uh, yeah, that was awful. And I, uh, on that same same day, that Wednesday the thirteenth, I have had my big toenail trimmed at the side in a minor operation by Doctor Gooding. I was having an uh, ingrown toenail, yeah. which he fixed. Kind of pales in comparison. Yes, because mm -hmm. I was. It was just. It's. It's just the banality of that entry next to that one in the yeah. same on the same day. Yeah. yeah. See me. Yeah. Remember that later that month, um, I remember this quite vividly. Yeah. Um, there was, there was, uh, I mean, there was a lot of unrest at the start of the year. You had, you had some uh, a series of, of, of bombings. Yeah. But I, I remember very vividly being in, in, in central Birmingham with you, Dad, and yeah. uh, seeing, seeing some sort of far right riot uh, break out. Yeah, that was in April. We, uh, we were in, in McDonald's. We were in the, the, that McDonald's isn't there anymore. It was uh, behind the, uh, the town hall, uh, the, the top of New Street. Behind the town hall, it's all been altered now. They've got uh, 
it used to be a walkthrough bit of a shopping arcade there, which which had a, a few cafes and restaurants and the McDonald's, as I say. And it's it's uh, now it's got the uh, the old library's been pulled down, and you've got the magnificent new library they've got there now. And the Centenary Square is still in the process of being uh, altered. Uh, really made a, a nice job of it. But uh, that day we were in that, that now defunct McDonald's. I, could, I remember we were sitting there, you, you know, you used to have these happy meals, you and your brother, when you were, you were little. And uh, they'd have, uh, we heard this chanting and, 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 and noise, fuck off, from outside where, the, uh, where the, the old library was and the fountain was. And uh, absolutely shocking, all these, these uh, like, crop-haired, uh, right-wing thugs uh, came marching in uh, with, like, Nazi salutes, and they were, they were chanting uh, far-right uh, chants. And it, was, it was horrific. And started pushing people about and tipping chairs over. And, uh, you know, me's a, a, a father of two little lads and, a, and my wife out. Couldn't get you out of there quick enough. And we, uh, we disappeared off up towards uh, Centenary Square and uh, left them to it. And there was uh, a handful of police there soon soon on the scene but uh yeah it was a it was a a, a, a right wing uh riot it was i mean uh, I, I can see it now because you, you, yeah. you, when you're when you're really young you that yeah. sticks with you and uh i've been seen since i've not seen many examples of that in real life but no you see we talked about um arthur axman uh, yeah or and seeing you know the old sort of path a real yeah yeah nazi salutes getting thrown yeah. up to see it yeah. in your own country yeah, uh, is is as, as young as that even is was was quite something. Yeah, it was, it was, it was horrible. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, that was just after that. Yeah, and uh, just a week before that was when Frank Bruno got KO'd by Mike Tyson in the third round. I've got that as in the in the diary as well. <laughs> just before that, yeah. And uh, and here's an interesting entry on the 19th of March. We've got uh, the government have announced a link between mad cow disease and its human form. So it was in 1996. That they they made that link uh, between the, the mad cow disease, which was called, which was its name is bovine spongy form encolopathy, to give it its proper title. Uh, but they had lots of outbreaks of it in the late eighties, and there'd been a few in the early nineties as well. And uh, Europe had banned British beef, and uh, I've got uh, British beef banned in the diary here in nineteen ninety six because we had instances of the. Uh, the human form of, of mad cow disease because it had crossed the species barrier into into humans from from the uh, the cattle and it was uh, Kreutzfeldt Jakob's disease it was called uh, in humans and uh, it was uh, you know there was incidences of, of it in this country but not you know not in Europe so the we ended up getting our beef banned there because of that for that ban stayed in, in force for a long time. Till we got the uh, you know the animal husbandry uh, sorted out, which we, we we seem to have done that now. I can remember uh, uh, a government minister, John Selwyn Gummery, was called. Uh, I can remember him being on the news and forcing a burger into his his child's mouth to to say, "Look, there's nothing to fear." You know, I remember thinking, "Oh God, what are you doing?" <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, good job we don't have things transferring from animals these days, eh? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> it just shows you that's another example, isn't it? 
that's in the diary. That is 19, Tuesday, the nineteenth of uh, March. That was actually that's when the in nineteen ninety six when they made the link. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, we went to um, Wigan Pier on the 9th of April, which was uh, shortly after that. Uh, can you remember that, Wigan Pier? Yeah, I remember being um, part of a Victorian classroom. Yeah, yeah. It was really, I, I mean, it's still there, I, I presume. After a really good day out, if anybody wants to go to Wigan Pier, they've got the uh, the world's largest uh, working beam engine there still, which uh, used to drive the uh, the pulleys that around all the machines in the mills. And uh, it's the most fabulous thing to see. And uh, also, the uh, as you rightly say, the, the Victorian classroom as well. You were ushered into a, into a classroom and you're actually given a lesson by a Victorian teacher, which is uh, very educational and very funny. Uh, I can remember you uh, being teacher's pet and every question he asked, you were putting your hand up to answer. <laughs> and uh, I remember him... Uh, Call it, your, your, your mum had got her lipstick on and, uh, and make him remember an earrings and I remember him calling her a painted harlot, <laughs> a Jezebel. <laughs> and uh, checking, checking people in the front rows here for, for, uh, for lice and uh, saying, if you don't get your lice sorted out, you'll end up like uh, Smith here and point to this balding middle-aged fella in the, in the front row. <laughs> It was a very, very, very entertaining uh, living museum. That's what it is, Wigan Pier. And uh, interactive. It's very, very good. And, and the actors were just so good, all in period costume and uh, and engaging with everybody. I mean, I, I, we're talking 24 years ago, but uh, hopefully it's still there. And it's better known for its rave scene now. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably not changing it into a, into a club. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was good. And that comes the 9th of April, and then yeah, just five days later, I was uh, I was 40, 40 years old. And, and off I'd gone to uh, to Echo Northern's uh, executive box in the Milburn stand at Newcastle, which we, we touched on earlier on, and uh, watched Newcastle beat Aston Villa while I ate me prawn sandwiches with your Auntie Sheila. Great fun. The second of the... Uh, of, of the bomb, did we mention the uh, the IRA bombs? There'd been one. There'd been one in uh, early in the year in uh, near Canary Wharf, and the Docklands, uh, the Docklands, and uh, a, a second one in the Arndale Centre in Manchester, which uh, injured uh, two hundred people, and uh, there was a couple of people killed sadly in the uh, the Docklands bomb. Uh, I mean, we're, not, we're, not, we're at nineteen ninety six now. Yeah, uh, but we're, we're we're we seem to be a lot uh, have come a long way since then. Yeah. When, when when did this sort of thing start to end? Because this has been going on as a, a, a continual thing throughout the 90s. Are we yeah. going towards peace at this point? Because this seems very violent. Yeah, well, there'd been a ceasefire. there have been a ceasefire for for 18 months prior to these uh, this IRA bombing campaign being renewed. Only on the I don't I don't like saying mainland because I think it, I always think that insults uh, Irish people because they've got a mainland of their own, haven't they? But uh, in England, the, uh, the, the the bombing campaign was, and uh, there were obviously renewed efforts, and they got uh, the Americans involved, and uh, we were to come up with the uh, the Good Friday Agreement just a couple of years later, and uh, which you know, endures until this well, it endures until the end of this year, actually, doesn't it? Hopefully, beyond that. It's something, yeah. that, something that doesn't need to be tampered with, in my opinion. 
it is being tampered with. Well, luckily, it's going to be <clears throat> it's going to be forthcoming in future diaries. Yeah. Uh, but up until then, yeah. you know, the the provisional IRA uh, are active. Uh, yeah. Throughout 1996. And, yeah. Um, there's, is a, I saw an interesting argument actually to say that um, it a lot of this kind of perversely sparked the kind of investment into Manchester. Oh uh, yes, yes. So yeah. you know, Manchester's a, a, an absolute yeah. powerhouse of a city these days. In terms. Oh of- yeah, yeah. We've got the Trafford, the Trafford Centre now, which uh, took over from the the Arndale Centre as the, uh, the, the the retail place to go. And uh, as you say, it's been uh, revitalised. Really, the city centre. Lots, lots of our city centres have. Uh, Birmingham, we were just talking about, massively uh, altered, uh, unrecognisable, really, in the, in the centre now. As uh, and Sheffield as well, uh, one of your old haunts. That's uh, been in a constant state of flux, I think, hasn't it? Since the renovations uh, going on a pace everywhere, got to be a good thing. We're going to need more and more of it, I think. Now, as uh, we're going to need more um, investment and, uh, and and civil engineering projects to to get everybody employed, I think we're going to have to do lots and lots of them. In April, that was, and um, I started my new job on the on the, the first of April. I mentioned it earlier on on the. Uh, April Fool's Day, <laughs> fully enough, and uh, oh, didn't I love it? it? What a what a great job this this turned out to be, and uh, I was working Monday to Friday, and I was getting uh, I was getting weekends off, which I'd never had before. So every every Friday when I when I finished, I knew I wasn't in again till Monday. A novel thing for me because I'd always always been a sort of seven day week. It, it was wonderful, wonderful new lease of life. It was. Which I uh, I enjoyed greatly. Also, it was to it was to, to prove to be the start of uh, of, of many uh, many foreign trips as well. There was a, a European element to it, and I, I was soon off off on my travels. Went to uh, to our headquarters in uh, in Germany in uh, in June. Uh, flew to Dusseldorf and to our HQ in Nice, and uh, had a had a had a week there, becoming uh, de rigueur the, uh, the the foreign travel. I remember watching watching some of the. Uh, Euro '96 games actually in the, in the Altstadt in Dusseldorf uh, while I was out there. <laughs> but your mum, your mum actually became a rainbow leader in 1996 in June. She got a a, a rainbow leader's uniform, which was good. And uh, it's almost uh, it hasn't come to a halt, but uh, because of the, uh, the the pandemic, there's been no no real guiding meetings or anything. So it's uh, it's been halted from the end of last year. Really, that has, sadly. Well, we're, we're at an interesting juncture, aren't we? In yeah. terms of, uh, you know, as as we speak, it's only recently that uh, certain restrictions have been lifted. So mm. it's going to be an interesting few weeks of entries into the diary, I should think, in terms of out this year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A big thing in uh, in 1996 as well was the uh, the Olympics. We had the Atlanta Olympics. And uh, and I've got an entry, uh, just a, a small entry in, in the diary saying... Uh, the Olympics ends. The, Al- the Atlanta Olympics end this weekend. This is Friday the 2nd of July. Uh, GB has done badly. And uh, that's just a, a short, curt uh, statement there. And, uh, oh, we did do badly. This is Atlanta in Georgia in the United States. And uh, Britain got its worst ever medal tally. We only won one gold medal. That was uh, Redgrave and Pinsent in the uh, in the rowing, and uh, a paltry return of medals 
Uh, one gold meant that we finished 36th in the medals table, way behind all the other major European countries and certainly, you know, the, the superpowers like America and China and so on, and Australia, of course, and I'm sort of uh, sporting nations. 36th, yeah. Uh, I think the reason is that the um, we weren't feel we still weren't seeing the benefit of the uh, of the comparatively new uh, lottery money. The lottery grants hadn't filtered through to the athletes yet, uh, and it wasn't until you know later Olympics that that would uh, show benefit. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was I was reading where a lot of the athletes were were on a shoestring and they and they were having to. Uh, you know, train for the humidity of of Atlanta by training in the showers at, at home and or and having to sell their kit to raise funds to get there and, and what have you. You know, which is hopeless, really. So yeah, it was the worst. It, the, the 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 games of shame they were called in uh, our sporting circles. Yeah, worst ever. We've uh, we we've obviously you know come a long way since, and we're we're, we're up there. Near the top now. Easily. We missed the Olympics this year. That was due to be in Tokyo, wasn't it? So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully that. Uh, yeah. What, what a place to take, have an Olympics. That's going to be fantastic when it actually uh, comes back. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure, Team GB will do far better. So yeah, good. Going in 1996. Yes, 1996. We'll move swiftly on from our 1996 uh, Olympics. <laughs> in uh, in August, we went on holiday, but we didn't go. Uh, we didn't go abroad. We booked. Early in the year, we'd booked a, a Haven caravan in Devon, at Exmouth. Set off for Devon, arrived at Exmouth at 1.30 p.m. Lovely caravan. And uh, we went down on the beach. We had a dinghy. And I remember you, you loved it in the dinghy. First, the second day there, James, Al, and me in dinghy in the bay, crabbing, catching lots of crabs. Can you remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you remember we got a puncture? I remember having a puncture in it, and we were out. About half a mile out. Half a mile out, and I heard this. I, I, I remember shushing you and we heard this. <laughs> so I would paddle furiously back to the shore <laughs> before we sunk. <laughs> and we went, and I, I had my bike, I took my bike with me. I got it pinched halfway through the holiday and we had a lot of, we had a lot of rain. <laughs> it seems to follow us around. I think I must be a rain god. The little <laughs> clouds gather over my head and follow me around. <laughs> So it says uh, on the uh, on the Tuesday the twentieth uh, took the boys in the dinghy and caught lots of crabs on the rocks. Uh, Wednesday went to Torquay and Babacum Model Village. Do you remember going to the Model Village? Yes. Yeah. And you went to the Tiger Club. You, were in the, you and your brother were in the Tiger Club. You'd go there at the night time with all the other kids. And Rory, the, Rory the Tiger. Rory the Tiger. Yeah. And there was a special dance that they used to do, and I remember uh, embarrassing Alan in the playground when he used to go and pick him up at school. I used to do this Rory the Tiger dance. At the school gate, and they used to look at daggers at me, you know, really lay into me. Don't do that in front of my friends, you know. You did do it for about five years after this point. Because I, I used to do it all the more because <laughs> I knew because I knew it annoyed him. <laughs> anyway, twenty second of August, heavy rain all day. We got a curry from Exmouth tonight. Friday, twenty third, rained all day again. Saturday, the twenty fourth, rained most of the day. We walked along the beach this afternoon. The Jan and boys filled a bucket up with crabs again. We did a lot of crabbing in the rain. <laughs> Sunday, brackets, raining again. Car boot sale on Exmouth Seafront. <laughs> 26th Monday. Went to Lyme Regis today. 
range. <laughs> and here's the uh, this is why we go this is why we go to uh, the Canary Islands and uh, places like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Wigan and Exmouth is and sixty six. I said sixty six again. Nineteen ninety six, twenty seventh Tuesday. My bike was stolen last night from outside the caravan. I spent the best part of the day looking for it. Uh -huh. Rained. It says rained again. <laughs> <laughs> Crime number from Exmouth Police one three three three. Yeah, Sergeant Toomey, Exmouth two two six one three one. Do you think that's worth giving him a ring? See if he's found me bike. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably chief inspector by now, so yeah. If you're listening, yeah. I, I don't want you to remember what the bike was like, Dad. But uh... yeah, it was blue, two wheels, handlebars and a chain and a seat. <laughs> yeah, right. A bit rusty from the rain, yeah. Every every other person on that site seemed to wear a Manchester United shirt. So I just glowered out the window, looking at them, thinking, one of these Man United fans has nicked my bike. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the next day after the bike was pinched, Al and I in the dinghy rained. <laughs> Tied on this beach is filthy. I remember a seaweed, they used to have a, like a bulldozer used to drive all the seaweed away every morning from the uh, from the tide. I posted my OU fee on the Thursday, and we went into Exmouth and on the seafront and into the kids' fun park, overcast. Oh, at least it didn't rain. <laughs> <laughs> then the 30th, we packed up the car, and we went on a River X cruise in the afternoon. And then the next day, we set off home at 10 past three in the morning to beat the traffic. Nice journey home. Everybody in good spirits. Home at 8 a.m. in the morning. We have Sky free again for 30 days. I remember Sky used to offer you a 30 days free trial. And uh, if you didn't uh, take them up, they'd offer you it again a week later. So it was like a sort of rolling free free Sky we had in them days. But did it rain? No, not, on the, not when we got home. <laughs> <laughs> the 17th of August, it's got here, the, uh, the, the Taliban have taken Kabul. What was happening in the, in the Middle East and the... Um, so, so who are they? They came into prominence a lot late, like a lot later in the news cycle over here. You didn't really hear about them until uh, Bin Laden was a thing. Um, yeah. So, who? What's their deal? Well, Afghanistan, Afghanistan's just been an ungovernable place. Uh, certainly, not uh, not not been beaten by any any outside influence in its history. Really, I mean, we we used to try in the old days of empire and. Uh, the, the the Soviets tried for a decade from uh, 1979 to 1989, and they they uh, oh sorry yeah for ten years in the in the the 80s wasn't it I think and they, they they got kicked out and the Taliban actually took over completely and uh, once it took the capital and uh, in that entry there that we've we've just read I know there was called the Northern Alliance the uh, these warlords who, who, who kept uh, kept control of uh, Afghanistan, and uh, they were, you know, it was, it was always a struggle between them and the uh, the, the, the Taliban, the, fun, the fundamentalists, jihadists. Apparently, I'm just looking this up. It means apparently it means students in Pashto, which is the yeah. the, the language in in Afghanistan. Yeah, uh, which is linked to I suppose their Islamic ideology. They have a quite an extreme Islamic ideology, don't they? And take script very literally. And oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Particularly. Uh, Manifests itself in a in a sort of mistreatment or of women, a second class. Yeah, yeah. 
so not not a nice bunch by any means. Declared that declared an Islamist state once they once they took the capital, you know. Mm. Uh, Mullah Omar was their, uh, their leader. Imposed Sharia law, which which is you know has amputations and, and stonings and terrible terrible punishments for the most uh, smallest of misdemeanors. Really, you know, I mean, you're not allowed to dance or have music or uh, or fly kites. I believe there was a there was a there was a film about the. Uh, there's a wonderful book called the, the, the Kite Runner. It's based the Kite Runner, yeah. And it's about um, it's about the takeover of the Taliban. And I, and I, yeah, I yeah. or anyone to read yeah. it actually because yeah. it shows you what a what a liberal safe place it was for quite a long time before that. Yeah, before yeah. that, and then uh, yeah, you get these uh, extreme smash yeah. up smash up musical instruments and records, and you'd have like tape cassette tapes hanging in streamers from the from the trees and, and all that. As they, they broke them and smashed them and threw them up. Threw them into the undergrowth, you know, ridiculous, really, when you think about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, reading it, the Taliban has also engaged in cultural genocide, destroyed yeah. numerous monuments, including the famous 100 yeah. year old Buddhas of yeah. Amayan. Yeah. So, these yeah. Hundred, yeah. 100 feet tall yeah. effigies of the Buddha destroyed yeah. under this ideology. Oh, yeah. Not, 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 a, not a pleasant bunch at all. I think it was, which of the comedians was it? Was it Billy Connolly? He said he'd love to see, get an ice cream van, drive an ice cream van in, into them, play the music and uh, dish out lollies and ice cream to them. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they couldn't take offence at that. Yeah. No, they're, they're one weakness. Nine-nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't use a tank. Get an ice cream van. Play, <laughs> play this, the Mr. Whippy tune. <laughs> I was going to use Jolly Roger, that Jolly Roger the time at the bottom of, bottom of Arden Street. When I came, I heard this fuss and commotion and uh, I, I stepped out into the square and uh, Frank, our Osterman who lived next door to us, was, was, was having a blazing row with the ice cream man because he, 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 he blocked him in with his uh, ice cream van, you know. And uh, you've got this, uh, this fella frothing at the mouth, leaning out of his ice cream van window, beautifully framed by the, uh, the message Jolly Roger over the top of his window, and he was effing it and being it at, <laughs> at my neighbour. <laughs> I'll pay my tax. I'll go where I want. Steady on, Jolly Roger. <laughs> Sounds like it fit him with the Taliban. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, Taliban uh, took Kabul. Your granddad, your granddad Charlie, of course, had been up and down with these. Uh, you know, very, very ill, seriously ill this year, and uh, and I remember he rallied in the September. He'd, uh, I've got it, I've got it written down here. Dad has put on a stone in weight, very encouraging, and because uh, he'd been really ill sort of all year, and then he seemed to rally a little bit in the September. So we were all heart and took heart at the time from that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, September the nineteenth, I got Dad has been given the all clear with the results of his scan. Great news. Well, I don't think, I think, uh, I think your, your grandma and your, your granddad were only trying to cheer me up a little bit then. Uh, they probably knew something different, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the entry there, yeah. And uh, I was still playing the six aside on a Wednesday night for the 3Ms. We, we lost the runners-up spot on Wednesday the 18th of September when we lost to UPS, which was a shame. But uh, we had a few entries where we'd, we'd scored a few scores. Still banging a few goals in at, uh, at 40. And then the, uh, the six aside. Six, here's a six aside entry. 
Six aside, three and four, TNT nil. Noel Johnson scored two. Hodgie, that's Dave Hodgkinson, scored the other. And I scored a simple side foot tapping for the fourth. So there you are. The old fellow, still life in the old legs at 40. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Alan was doing his uh, karate still as well. And you were playing six aside yourself. Uh, James played in a six aside competition at the Arras. Can you remember that? And Al doing his yellow belt grading. Uh, and he actually did his orange belt grading later in the year as well. Alan did the karate. So he was still there, still doing the karate then. They hadn't, uh, they hadn't wrapped up yet, the, uh, the club. It wouldn't be a diary, Dad, without ending on an action-packed entry. No, that, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah on the twelfth of October in the diary. Uh, just to re remind myself uh, what the entry was on the twelfth of October, Newcastle United back on top of the league. Oh, brilliant! We went to the Birmingham Sea Life Centre. To I made a citizen's arrest of a man causing trouble in the Indian restaurant in Aberystwyth tonight. Well, that was a thing. I went to pick up my takeaway from the Star Tandoori, which is in the middle, was in the middle of the. Uh, Long Street, the, the main street in Athelstone. And it was very busy because uh, it was a Saturday night. And uh, so all the tables were, were full with, with people, uh, you know, out uh, having their meals. And uh, there was quite a few in the uh, the reception area as well. And uh, I noticed this fella was pacing up and down by the bar in the uh, reception area. And he was he got a drink. He'd ordered a drink and he was drinking this this pint quite quickly. The little Indian fella was behind the uh, the bar polishing glasses. All of a sudden, this fella finished the last of his uh, his drink and he drew back his arm and he threw this pint glass with all his might at this bar barman, little barman. And uh, of course, he fortunately managed to dodge and the glass smashed into the bottles and glass shelves behind, uh, behind him, brought everything down in the most terrible crash. And, uh, and then he grabbed the, uh, the little fella by the by his tie, hauled him over the counter, grabbed another glass off the bar, and raised his hand. I thought, he's going to glass him. So I, I didn't even think. I just leapt up, put my arm, my left, my, my left arm round this fellow's uh, throat, and uh, pulled him backwards, and uh, grabbed his, his, his wrist. Oh, he got the pint, the, the glass fell out of his hand. And uh, a, a, a struggle ensued. Which ended up with me uh, actually. This is. It sounds like it's brave, but it, it was born out of fear. Really, uh, I thought I've got to get on top of this fella, else he's going to turn all his his ire on me. And uh, I managed to get it somehow. Get his uh, his, his wrist and, and and bend it against all the joints. It was as though my uh, my fright had had made me think of the best sort of judo move possible. <laughs> and I, I ended up sitting on him with his, his his arm against all the joints, twisted. And I'm, I remember thinking, if you move, you're going to break your wrist or your arm here. And I'm sitting on you. And, I, and I'm about 14, 15 stone. So you're not going anywhere, you know. And uh, he was he was struggling and trying to move. But the more he moved, the more he, I was making sure that his arm went against the joint and he was going to hurt himself if he moved anymore. You know? I was saying, just stay where you are, stay where you are. And of course, the, uh, the staff were, Straight onto the on the phone to phone the police, and a couple of people had got up out of the restaurant. Uh, I think the wives had sent them 
you know, to see if that man needs any help. <laughs> and they came up and said, are you all right, mate? You need some help and all that. I was, I was saying, uh, oh, you're all right, you're all right. Because I, I knew I'd gone. And this fellow was going, I've gone. He was, he was talking to me all the time, like, you know, uh, desperately telling me to get off him. You know, I've got no argument with you. I've got no argument with you, mate. It's really easy, you know. So he, he got some sort of grudge with the uh, the people in the with the, the Indian fellas, you know. And he wanted to he wanted to cause mayhem, and he wanted to do them some damage. But I thought, well, I'm not getting off you. You're staying here till the police arrive. And the police seemed to take an an age to come, but eventually, uh, two or three coppers came in, and uh, and they, they took over, and I, and I could relax. I was I was I was trembling, <laughs> and uh, they they cuffed this fella and 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 hauled him off, and then uh, one of them stayed behind to take uh, details, take take my name and everything, and uh, I remember my takeaway came from the from the back then up, up the uh, from the kitchen, and uh, the uh, the little waiter uh, handed it to me and said that'll be uh, five pound forty whatever it was and. Uh, the, the, the head waiter hit him <laughs> <laughs> like Basil Fawlty would, Manuel. He just smacked him round the head. He said, "Judge, what you to Mister Carlberg? This is you. you, you thank you very much. <laughs> Didn't did charge me, and uh, he gave me a drink as well. While I, while I was waiting for the takeaway, he uh, pulled me pulled me a pint, so I had a free pint of lager as well. And uh, yeah, I, I stopped the. Uh, a, a nasty scene there, I think. And uh, anyway, the police came the next day to interview me, and uh, they told me this this fella had got a knife on him when they got him back to the back to the station. So uh, yeah, he got a knife on him as well. And uh, it transpired he, something had happened with his son in there the week before, I think. And uh, I don't know whether he had been a fight and he got thrown out, but he'd, he'd come back to avenge avenge his son, I think. Yes, apparently. Well, yeah. So uh, that, well, yeah. you did. You, you stopped yeah. the vengeance. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, that was uh, the, the one and only time I've uh, had anything like that to do. But uh, yeah. yeah, I wasn't brave. I wasn't brave. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I couldn't see somebody get glassed, and I, I jumped up and I, I got him more or less sat on him out of fear, really, and uh, made sure he couldn't move. <laughs> well, I disagree. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you ask me, Dad, if you were brave, <laughs> in the words of Gina G. Yeah. I would say, who are just a little bit. Yeah, or maybe. All right, then they'll like uh, Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the face yeah. of, such, of such virtual insanity. Yes. <laughs> you, you took down this twisted fire starter. Yeah. said, look, mate, yeah. don't go back to anger. <laughs> if you want to be let go, uh, yeah. do the Macarena. <laughs> um, yeah, design for life. Should have gone with that. That would be so yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. This is our design for life. This is yeah. the Half Life of Brian podcast. And this yeah. is what it's all about. All the stories in Dad's diaries mm-hmm. uh, from 1987 through to the very present day. Yeah. We're we'll doing it all. And we're moving on next to 1997, which is a really formative year for the family, actually, isn't it, Dad? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, very, very poignant year. Yeah. So 1996 done yeah. in the bag, packed again. Uh, this time, 1995 or so jam-packed, it overspilled into this one. It did, yeah. Uh, so maybe that'll happen again. We'll see. But that brings us to the end of another jam-packed year, yeah. the Chronicles of Brian. That leaves us with just enough time, maybe to crowbar another song lyric in. I don't know. <laughs> uh, can't think of one. 
Now, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a concise account of 1996. The big issues and the uh, the small issues, the uh, domestic ones and the uh, international ones. I suppose yeah. with the press girls being in such a such a pomp and such a rise, meteoric yeah. rise, it would be remiss of us not to wish everybody a big zigazigar. Zigazigar, everybody. Enjoy a zigazigar this weekend, and yeah. we'll see you for the next Half Life of Brian podcast. Oh, where can they yeah. find that? Just before we forget, uh, on uh, the Half Life of Brian Twitter, on Instagram, on Anchor. Yeah, yeah, and all good podcast apps. Spotify. Uh, yeah, you're, you're doing well there, Dan. You, you yeah. know, you've, you've clearly learned something since. I've got more than more than I normally do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. at Half Life of Brian on all those platforms, and you yeah. can visit us at BrianStormers.net, which we yeah. share with our sister podcast, The Trope Stormers. Uh, so go check that out. And uh, yeah, once again, zigga zigga, everybody. Until next time. All right, zigga zigga. <laughs> bye, bye. 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 <laughs> Is that how long we've been? Two and a half hours? Yeah. January the 1st, day off rained.